If you've driven down I-20 in the last few weeks, you can't help but notice the new Amazon facility, which is set to open here in Columbia County in the coming weeks. And with an already tight labor force, where were all the workers come from? We'll tackle all of that and more in this episode of Range of Influence. Welcome to the Columbia County Chambers podcast, ROI, or Range of Influence, presented by Premier Networks. My name is Russell Hodney, President and CEO of the Columbia County Chamber of Commerce. And I'm Reagan Williams, past chair of the Columbia County Chamber Board of Directors and Senior Vice President of Maybaum Real Estate. We brought Robbie Bennett, Executive Director of the Development Authority of Columbia County, into the ROI studio to talk about current workforce development needs and what can be done to address our region's future workforce challenges. Yeah, you know, it's an issue that certainly is on the minds of every business in the region, and not even just our region, it's nationwide. But we're going to jump right into that conversation with Robbie Bennett right after this message from our presenting sponsor, Premier Networks. Premier Networks is the premier information technology and cybersecurity firm in the CSRA. You have enough to worry about for your business. Leave it to the Augusta IT guys to ensure your IT is done right. No ironclad contracts, no fine print, just fast, reliable technology from an experienced customer-centric team, locally owned. Call for a free cyber assessment because in 2021, IT has to be right. Premier Networks, the official IT partner of the Augusta Green Jackets. Well, hey, everyone, we're here uh, with Robbie Bennett, Executive Director of the Development Authority of Columbia County today. And uh, we just want to chat a little bit about workforce and uh, economic development and, and attracting and retaining companies here. And, uh, you know, with that, we'll just uh, jump right into it. Uh, Robbie, what's uh, what's the latest on uh, Amazon, the elephant in the room? What's what, what can you tell us uh, about the new facility and projected opening and, and everything? What's going on out there? Absolutely, Russ. Um, thank you so much for having us on today. Very excited to always tell the story about what's going on with Amazon and growth in the region as a whole. Um, Amazon's first facility is well on track. We're anticipating opening sometime near July, August time frame and um, found out late last week that we have a call with the workforce development team tomorrow afternoon and we'll get to dive into what their schedule looks like and what their entire hiring process is going to look like. So very excited to see that come to fruition. But really, if you go out to White Oak Business Park, it's amazing to see the size and scope of this building and coming quickly behind it is the second Amazon facility as well. So now and and talking about Amazon, I know you've thrown a, a couple numbers out there, you know, as far as when you're talking about their hiring and everything. What what are they looking at? How many how many employees are they going to try and fill that facility? So what we know right now is solely based off of the announcement. We know that the first facility is going to hire 800 full-time people. What we don't know is how many part-time people are also going to be hired, and will they hire additional people beyond that? Um, I feel like you can assume yes in many of those cases. What that full number is, we're not certain of yet. The second facility all we've been told is it's several hundred jobs. So currently we're estimating around 1,200 out at White Oak for Amazon between August and December of 2021. That being said, 
we could easily see that number go up significantly based on being peak demand season for them as well. Well, I tell you, it's, it's exciting to drive on the interstate, you know, in and out of the county and see those big buildings coming up out of the ground. Um, it's certainly, um, you know, just a, a testament to the hard work that's been done uh, over the last couple of years on attracting businesses like that. And I think it's, it's going to be great as people come in for various things to the county to, to drive past that, that Harlem Appling exit and see, um, you know, a, a world powerhouse of Amazon being there at that exit. It'd be, it'd be pretty great. We've, of course, we've got Club Car out there, and I know I'd expect so much more to come out there. But Amazon particularly, you talk about the, the employment numbers and what we kind of expect. Um, what else do you think this Amazon and, and this White Oak, White Oak Business Park is kind of bringing to the community in terms of economic development? I mean, sure, we've got employees that are coming, but what do you think the economic impact would be from from the Amazon facilities? So there's multiple ways you can dive into what the economic impact is going to be from a company like that. You can look at economic impact, fiscal impact. Really, I like to look at what's practical. What has been the effect of this project? So throughout the past 12 months, we've been in the middle of a pandemic seeing significant impacts on a hospitality community however thanks to amazon our hotels have done relatively well considering the pandemic amazon has brought in over 500 construction workers they're bringing in a whole new set of vendors for the interior setup of all their equipment which will be several hundred more people coming in those are not permanent jobs those are jobs that in many cases are transient so they're staying in the hotels that's an immediate benefit that we know is intangible and came at the absolute right time. And because you have this facility um, coming out of the ground, you have the second facility coming out of the ground, but you also have companies like GIW showing their growth. If you drive out to Grovetown, you can see that construction. You have all the construction out at Fort Gordon. That construction industry as a whole is oftentimes an impact of our economic development efforts that we don't talk about enough. And seeing what that means to the community has been phenomenal. We anticipate um, Amazon's annual economic impact in our region to be several hundred million dollars a year. That's jobs, that's support for our small businesses through their small business program that support in dining, that's new developments coming around. Just really, time's going to really tell us what that full number is, but the impact of this project will be long-lasting and the benefits will be um, felt by all. Doesn't mean there won't be some challenges in the short term, but the opportunities and the benefits are going to be bar none. Well, I was talking about the White Oak Business Park earlier, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you've got economic development the economic impact coming from Amazon. But you've got a greater vision for what White Oak is to become. And we've got the two Amazon facilities and Club Car. I mean, what, is, what does White Oak look like in the next decade? And, and what's your vision for that? So White Oak um, Business Park at I-20 came together as an opportunity to support Club Car. Um, back in 2017, working with Club Car on their distribution facility that is in White Oak, um, really opened up the opportunity to purchase land to have a new industrial park. First time in 
nearly 20 years that we've started a new industrial park in Columbia County. It's one that without the leadership of the Columbia County Board of Commissioners and the Development Authority Board of Directors, we wouldn't be able to be in this position. But when Club Car came in, we purchased 271 acres. And the goal of that is to create what is a sustainable industrial park, something that meshes well with the industrial development and the environment. We want to pay homage to the natural beauty, the natural um, developments in that area. So protecting the streams and the creeks and the buffers there, providing extra buffer along the roadways. But really we want it to, to be a showpiece and that it has truly become. And this past year, um, December of 2020, we had the opportunity to close on an additional 340 acres, taking White Oak Business Park to 612 acres. So we've come a long ways from when I started eight years ago and having no industrial product. Now we have um, what's known as a grad certified site. So Georgia ready for accelerated development. And we're about to um, go through the certification process on phase two. But really phase two and phase one's filling up quickly. By the time we purchased um, phase two, phase one was 70 for 70% occupied. We have a couple developments underway that we're working with a developer on for um, some spec buildings coming out of the ground, which will be phenomenal because right now having product does not exist when it comes to buildings. So having quality buildings for um, an end user will put us in play for a whole lot more projects. So we're excited about that. And we have um, at least one project looking at every parcel in White Oak right now. Now, we won't get them all, but we'll land one or two of those, which will be wonderful. At least I hope we will. So so which one of those can you share with us as to what's going on over there at White Oak? Any of them? Absolutely not. Ah, I thought so. Oh, Good try, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, to that point, though, I mean, obviously, Amazon was a huge win for the area, um, you know, and, and some of the different expansions. and. But you, you guys have worked on other projects recently. Kind of fill us in. What are some of the other things that uh, are happening in the community, other companies that are maybe expanding or coming here uh, that you can share? Absolutely. Great question. Um, so the Development Authority has been around for over 50 years, or actually this is our 50th anniversary this year. So we've got, have had the opportunity to touch many of the projects that really have shaped the landscape in Columbia County. That being said, um, short answer to your question, all of them. Almost all of our existing industries are in a growth mode, hiring mode right now, which is something you don't see very often. But it's not just our large employers, it's even our retail employers. Um, I know we've all seen the news articles talking about um, companies not being able to open the doors because they don't have the talent in play. Um, I don't remember the last time I've ever seen a McDonald's have hiring now or major national retail brands advertising signing bonuses. Yeah. It, it's, it's an interesting time, but every company is in a growth mode of some capacity. It may be people, it may be investment. Some of the um, big ones really seeing um, GIW and what they do continue to grow out there has been phenomenal. 
Um, they're hiring about 100 people. And then you also add in nutritional resources directly across the street. They're investing in their company and working right now. I think they have about 30 openings that they're working to hire. And those are two great examples of a small company that really got started locally and a very large international company that's been around for over 100 years, both having to reinvest, both growing at exceptional rates for the size of their companies, which is tremendous. Yeah, every time, everywhere I go, Robbie, I see those now hiring signs, like you said. I mean, at the McDonald's, uh, at any of the retailers, you know, you see the online ads for your industries here. Uh, folks need workers, and it seems like um, either a lot of folks haven't gone back to work or there's just so many jobs out there for people. So I know you recently completed a, a workforce study. Um, and so I, I think if we asked a lot of different people this question as to what is the problem, why, why, are, why are there so many jobs going unfilled and, and what's going on and how do we match the right workforce up to the right companies, we get a lot of different answers. I think we, we, we probably find a different answer for everybody in every room. But, but you've done this study, and, and so what do you think? I mean, what's your perspective on, you know, what are our challenges here in the market as to why from the McDonald's to the GIW to the Amazon kind of, you know, finds a tough time in this market finding employees? So first and foremost, the most important thing we all need to remember is the workforce challenges we're having right now are the same ones happening across the country in every other community I don't care where you are in the US, okay? Number one topic in economic development right now. Um, 10, 15 years ago, workforce development was not a major focus for any of us. And I know it's been something the chambers have had to pick up and run with as well. And it's changed kind of how we look at things a little bit. So one thing I will say, the communities that can figure this out on the front end will be the most successful long-term. Well, that's what we need to be doing, right, is we've got to figure this out. And I think yes. the workforce study that you did, along with some of the Chambers work in, in the workforce initiatives that we've got, some of the internships we're putting out there, I mean, that's what I, I love about Columbia County is I think in a lot of ways we're on the forefront. We, we previous episode on this podcast, we talked with Doug Duncan and Scott Johnson about some of the forward-thinking things that we've done as a county. And, I mean, it, it looks like from the seat that I'm in that you guys are, are – taking those steps to be forward thinking about what is our workforce like, what are our companies need, and then we, how do we match those together? So you've got some interesting findings, I guess, from your workforce study that shows us how to do that. So when we go and look at the workforce study, so when I presented to the Chamber Executive Luncheon, I made it very clear based on the data we had at the time that we still had around 12,000 people not participating in the labor force that before COVID were participating. So since then, new data has come in. We now have March 2021 data. And I can tell you that those 12,000 people are all back in the workforce, every last one of them. So we are at pre-COVID levels of labor force participation, which begs the question of where's everybody else? What's going on? Um, so there are key groups in our region that are not participating in the labor force. That group of not in the labor force, 15 plus, really above 65 as well, because you have plenty of people who do work past that. But within that demographic, you have 238,000 people. 
that are not actively participating in the labor force. So obviously students, many of us want our students focused on their education, so we get that. You have military spouses, you have stay-at-home spouses and parents, um, you have a unique um, impact this year with COVID and parents homeschooling that never were homeschooling before. We're very much in that segment in my household. And then you have the ones that don't have the right skill sets. They don't have transportation to get to and from work. They may live um, in a socio-economically socio depressed area and living in poverty. So what they are trying to do, they're just not able to make ends meet. And if we can figure out how we can support that whole group, and like I said, you have different people from every class, every walk of life in that group. How do we engage them? How do we bring them back? So the workforce study talked a lot about the military retirees and spouses. Wonderful. I know General Hersey's wife is um, very much an advocate of military spouses and supporting them and getting them the opportunities. Um, I'm hopeful to see Fort Gordon as a good resource and opportunity to bridge that gap. But additionally, you have um, those who have been formerly incarcerated and getting them the opportunities. I know from the governor's side of things, they've looked at programs to support that. But how do we get those who want a job the skills to fill the job? Take um, any of the concerns you have off the table about drugs, attendance, and all of that, let's, let's assume that there's an opportunity there. How do we support them? How do we engage them differently? So you see within that large group of 200,000 plus people that a lot of it's a skills gap. Yes. That, that we have jobs available, but workers not skilled in that, that particular industry or job. Or we have skilled workers that have the wrong skills. So we may have plenty of people who can do medical billing and coding, there's only so many medical billing coding jobs out there. It's really realigning, working with the Board of Education, working with Augusta Tech, working regionally with Aiken Tech in our um, neighboring states to really change and really adapt the skills. But more importantly, we need to hear from the industries and fully understand what needs they have, what they're wanting to see come from fruition, what are their biggest challenges. and industries will tell you they will speak up they will tell you they will engage you in that conversation and they want to be heard um, so as we move forward the next step is taking industry taking education and melting them together nicely well in this skills gap uh, do you think robbie that some of this is not necessarily always educating to the skill to get them caught up on a different skill but sometimes educating folks on what skills are needed or, or that if you change like a, a skill hesitancy, like I, I'm, I do this one skill and I don't really want to change, but kind of educating them on if you change, there's more opportunity for you. I think if we can get people with a baseline of skill sets, the companies will get them to where they need to be for performance. Um, much of it. And another element that came out of the workforce study is how do we, um, bridge the soft skills gap? those showing up to work on time, returning to work on time. 
um, passing a drug test, simple ability to do basic math and measurements, stuff like that, that really is just very much, um, a lot of us, I think, take it as common sense. But unless you're explained, told, and held accountable, you don't realize how important this is. Behavioral behavior on social media, it matters when you're looking at getting jobs. Um, all of those type pieces matter. Um, but I think to your point, Reagan, many of the people out there, I find they don't know who the companies are. They don't know what skills they need to even get in the door. And they certainly don't know how to apply. I know us, you and I have had some conversations with our teams about how do we bridge that? How do we build off of the success of teachers in business yeah. and build this platform to educate um, the community? Having had some conversations with some of our existing industries recently, they get excited about it. They want to be able to showcase that starting day one, you get benefits with our company. We provide 401k support across the board and 100% match and really tell their story and showcase what these opportunities are. And by the way, let me show you how you can find these jobs. Yeah. It's going to take time. There's not an easy way to fix this, but it's important that we do. Well, and I think too, you know, going on my soapbox and my experience in coming to Columbia County too, I think, you know, you talked about you know, spouses that are at home with the kids and things like that. And you know, I think we also have a challenge we've experienced in the child care department too. It's like, you know, we've got kids on waiting lists to get into child care. And, you know, until we have that opportunity, how can we engage some of the, you know, the spouses that are left at home with the kids if they can't get their kids into some sort of, you know, care? So, I think there are a lot of underlying issues that go beyond just, you know, you hear it, unemployment is a big factor in, you know, people coming back to work because they're making more, you know, being unemployed. Well, I mean, there's some, there's something to that, but at the same time, you know, as, as some of our counterparts in that industry will say, you know, that is illegal if they refuse to take a job because they make more on unemployment. So, you know, there, I, I think in some ways we're making certain things bigger issues than others, but that having been said, you know, we hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. I cannot find workers and, and you see it in the news. So your crystal ball, um, <laughs> what do you think are some short-term things that we could be doing um, collaboratively as a, as a county, as a whole, uh, or and, and some long-term solutions that, that will kind of alleviate this because it's not going away with Amazon coming in and other companies. It's a bigger problem. So, and to your point, Russell, the problem's regional. It's across the board. It's not a Columbia County problem. Yeah. Understanding the impact this has across Richmond County, Aiken County, Columbia County, and all of our rural neighbors is going to be critical in this. Um, we've been looking at um, the crystal ball, as you said, um, for a while. When you look at the next 18 to 24 months, we're anticipating, and this includes Amazon, Generac, and Edgefield, some other companies that have chosen not to announce for various reasons, and Savannah Riverside, nearly 5 
thousand hiring positions in the next 24 months. Yeah. Think about that. Um, so we've got a short-term need and then we have the long-term need. Some of the programs at the chamber with um, students in business, youth leadership, the internship program, all of those are going to be extremely important for building the stage in the future. So we need those programs to be successful. We need more engagement in those programs, but we need a short-term fix too. So there's two paths we can take for short-term fix. Engaging that 238,000 um, demographic that's not in the labor force and talent recruitment. Yeah. So right now our region's growing on average historically about 17 people a day. Okay. Not, not a ton when you compare it to the Charlestons of the world, but I feel like based on just what I'm seeing, as we get new data next year, that number is going to be that much higher. Um, but 17 people per day is great. It's not enough. The problem is we can go on a concerted push for um, talent recruitment, but if we do not have the right mix of housing, we're not going to be able to support that growth. So there's got to be some partnerships across local government, the development community, economic development, and the chamber world, and really our tourism um, teams to really bring this all together to really showcase why Evans, and by Evans, you get Columbia County and the region being the number one place to live in the country. There's a reason for that. Let's figure out how we open that door, continue to support that growth. That's going to be a short-term fix. Let's figure out the training skills we need to offer or how do we get the stay-at-home spouses. And you are absolutely right. Daycare is critical. But it's not just daycare, it's night care. Yeah. Um, these cyber companies, the military, they need people to watch their kids at night. Not yeah. very easy to find. Um, if we were smart, we'd probably go in together and start a daycare. Sounds like there's a really I, good entrepreneurial business startup yes. opportunity here for some night care. We'll yeah. talk. We'll talk after. We'll talk offline. <laughs> we can definitely find a way. Yeah. Um, but you've got to fix the void. You got to fix the issue. Then you have the transportation access to some of them as well. I mean, you even have some of our grocery stores, supervisors that are picking people up on the way to work and taking them home because their only reason they can't get a job is they don't have transportation. Sure. Well, you got to work a little bit, have a little money, and then you can get transportation. Yeah. So there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle, but we've got to start chipping away at it. Well, and you're, and you, I, I would assume Amazon is going to have a nightcare issue too because Amazon is a 24 hour operation. So. I'm, I'm pretty certain every industry right now has that problem. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I'm glad you brought up the point, Robbie, about, you know, that this is not a strictly Columbia County problem, right? It's not something that the Columbia County Chamber of Commerce and the, and the Development Authority of Columbia County can solve. It's going to take all of us across the region, right? We've got to think about this regionally because, you know, people in Lincoln County work at Savannah River site. People in Columbia County work at Plant Vogel. People in Aiken County work here at Club Car and we'll work at Amazon. So, I mean, we're, we're certainly a regional community and, and this workforce, uh, you know, issues got to be solved by all of us working together. Um, you know, I'm interested from both of your perspective, Robbie from the Development Authority side and, and Russ, you from the Chamber of Commerce is, you know, do you see um, a good kind of regional approach or plan uh, that's kind of addressing this issue? Uh, if so, what does that look like? And if not, how can we do a better job? And, 
And Russ, you might could talk to kind of how your you and your counterparts in the other chambers are dealing with this, and Rob, you too. And I mean, how are you and Cal and others, you know, working on the problem? I'm I'm very interested in kind of our regional approach. So I'll say, in my experience, having been here or back in the community for more than 11 years at this point, we are having a more regional collaborative conversation than we have ever had, um, which is tremendous because there have been times where regional conversation really just died on the vine. It didn't go very far. We tried, but there was many reasons it just did not take off. And I've seen that, some of that siloed thinking, like if it's not in my county, then I'm not going to deal with it or or Right. Now, from the economic development side, we very much are looking at things on a regional basis because we're submitting RFPs together from a regional basis. We're all working on similar projects and the announcements I have have a direct effect on the announcements that Cal and Will and Molly and Don and all of them can have. So we want, we want and we have to maintain a constant line of communication. It, that is critical. That being said, um, the reason we did the workforce study was because it was a regional workforce study looking at the entirety of the MSA. Um, so it's not just what can Columbia County do, it's what can we all do and what role does each organization need to play in that. Um, I think we can do better on regionalism across the board. I think we will do better. The um, path definitely seems to be showing us going in that direction. I think there are some unique opportunities for um, collaboration. And I think if we really wanted to do something unique and different, Let's have that talent recruitment conversation on a regional basis. Yeah, and, and to echo uh, Robbie, your your point, and and Reagan, you mentioned it. You know, talking about the silos. You know, from from my previous background, it, it's too common that you see chambers just work in their little community and they don't reach outside of it. And what happens is those chambers are the ones that die typically because they're so dead set on what's happening locally that they're not, you know, because let's face it, I mean, what's happening in Augusta and what uh, Supar is dealing with at the Augusta Metro Chamber is no different than what's happening in our neighborhood and, and vice versa, you know. It, so if we're not collaborating on that, that regards and, you know, and if it's not happening here, it will because we're right on top of each other. Our borders kind of, you know, kind of ebb and flow, really. People come and go into each other's counties all the time. So, you know, and, and Robbie, you, the word you used is kind of what I've built my vision on here at the chamber, and that's collaboration. We can't get anything done if we just try and do it by ourselves. You're either going to be duplicating somebody's effort or you're just, you don't have the resources to do it. And so, uh, I, I definitely appreciate that. And, you know, since I've been here, Robbie and I have kind of talked on a couple different projects and, you know, especially like you said, the, out of the teachers and business, you know, project, we've kind of developed this idea of the whole, you know, job career website of, you know, what's here in Columbia County and how can we grow that? So, well, I think, I think if, if our future is, is built upon that word of collaboration, I think if we're going to collaborate as a region, and we're going to do that hard work together. I mean, I think our future's bright, right? So, I mean, I think if 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 the two of you in the room and, and your counterparts across the region are committed to to having that conversation and working together and not stay siloed, 
then our future is bright if we if we you know retreat back into our you know arbitrary you know lines around our counties or cities i mean we're going to have a, a tough time at it because the amazons the club cars that's still good for richmond county for mcduffie county for you know warren county for wilkes county because they'll pull employees from there the same thing with the starbucks facility in augusta down to savannah riverside generac bridgestone i mean it's it's good for our entire region so we've got to think like that we've got to think you know collaboratively and regionally um, so I'm excited about what, what we can accomplish together as a region. Yeah. I, you know, I think there, uh, there's a lot of opportunities obviously here, uh, you know, not only for the big businesses, even po- entrepreneurially, um, you know, there are a lot of people coming out of COVID that came up with business ideas too, and ways, new ways to, of doing things. And I think, you know, the more that we can foster that, you know, with, collaboration with the development authority from the chamber's perspective i think there are just so many opportunities i I see it and 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 it kind of makes me giddy coming from california because it's you know there's just this fresh vast uh you know open space to work with and a blank canvas as you were so um i look forward to that yeah i just uh, you know we've talked about uh, you know a lot of different things and i know there is one more thing that uh, project that you guys are kind of working on maybe just tease it a little bit before we kind of close out but uh, you guys did the workforce study you got something else on the the horizon what are you guys working on so we're working on another regional effort on a wage survey and the purpose of this wage survey is to give our um, industries an opportunity to um, kind of see what they're paying, how their pay rates are comparing to um, other positions or similar positions, and really understanding the benefits of what they're providing. So are you competitive on family-friendly benefits? The other piece of this, which will be a little bit separate, but it flows with this, is understanding where the employees are all coming from. Essentially, it's um, an added question that's after the wage study, but it's a zip code study. Where are your employees coming from which zip codes? That way we can start putting them on a map, then showing where those companies are getting their workforce. That's gonna show really why collaboration is so critical. But for those companies that do participate in the wage survey, you get the actual wage survey report not something that's going to be made available to everyone because we want it to be an incentive for those to participate. But as those companies come in and they give us that information, confidentiality is key. We want to make sure we keep that information as confidential as possible because we do have companies in our market that are direct competitors. But those positions and who they're hiring and where they're hiring from still matter they still need to to understand the data but they need to understand it in the aggregate they don't need it on a granular level of every position but they need to see it from a company-wide standpoint and key job standpoint so i'm excited to work with um the economic development partnership and aiken and cal over with the augusta economic development authority as well and really showcase what these opportunities and we're doing this one with burke county also so I think that's going to be game-changing for a lot of folks in the industry to understand where they stack up, right? Uh, you know, maybe there's a company out there that just doesn't understand why they can't attract great employees, and maybe because they pay too low. 
and we have that conversation. You know, uh, maybe their day. benefits package isn't good enough. You know, yep. I mean, I think that's that's the conversation that's tough to have among your competitors or to even know that information. So I, I, I'm sure a wage study hasn't been done in this region in a long time, not if ever. Reg- not regionally. Aiken's done a good job focusing on Aiken, but being able to expand it to the f- greater region just takes it to a new level for us. So yeah, we're well, that's, excited. That's going to be a big deal. Um, so I'm, I'm excited that you're able to do that. Well, you know, as we kind of bring this session to a close, you know, what we're trying to do is talk about influence, range of influence being the title of this podcast and kind of what, what is the influence of the chamber and our leadership? What is the influence of those community members and leaders like yourself, Robbie, that are having an, an influence among our community every day? And the influence that you and your board at the Development Authority is having is tremendous. I mean, we can look at, at certainly we can touch and feel some of your influence in the buildings that are being built. We're going to see the employees wear their Amazon shirts around town. We're going to see, we see club car, all these kinds of great things happening. And so, you know, I'll just ask you a personal question. Uh, you know, this is, this is just something for us to kind of understand more about what drives you maybe and what, what's driving your vision is tell me somebody who's influenced you or maybe, maybe the singular person or, or even, Maybe it's a thing, a thing that happened in your life, something that's influenced you, that's kind of made Robbie Bennett the the, the guy that's that's leading the charge for us today. Man, talk about a deep question. That we can have a whole podcast on this one question alone. Oh, for sure. Um, at different points in time, there's been different influencers. Um, I was fortunate to have a good mentor early on. Wonderful got a lot of exposure in economic development. So from a foundation, that was great. I've seen a lot of what not to do from really bad bosses. Um, Sometimes I feel like that's the best learning, that, right? Oh, is you can I, learn from I, I a can, really good I boss, but the bad ones, I mean, you, you that's like going to school hard time. I, I can write a book. Um, and then I've been blessed to have a great board in Columbia County, but the single biggest influence I've had has been my wife, Trini. Um, and my girls, training's pretty great. I, I, I can't complain at all. They, she has been this guiding light, the biggest supporter of everything that I do. Um, and she has helped me figure out not only where and what I want to be doing and why we as a family love this community so much. She's also helped been there so that I could do my job. Without her support, without what she does with the girls, I couldn't be the places I need to do. I couldn't work with the companies I need to work with and have the flexibility that she affords me. I I am blessed beyond belief. And now from this stage of my career, she's helped show how I can have a work-life balance. That's something I never thought I even could um, dream of. So beyond a shadow of a doubt, Trini is my single biggest influence. Well, there you have it, Russ. We can we can look at all the amazing things happening in this county, all the growth. Evans is the number one place to be in America, and it's all thanks to Trini Bennett. We could, Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll send the gift basket to, you know. Please do. To her. <laughs> I, you know, and, and just I, w- I would probably echo, I mean, the three of us in, in this room would probably have a very similar response. I know. My wife, Kimberly, she's supportive and, uh, you know, God bless her. She uh, she made a uh, very courageous trip across country with us at a, at a very strange time in, in the in the uh, world to, to do that. So I, 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 would, I definitely echo 
your comments there. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, really, Robbie, we, we appreciate your time, you know, and everything that you're doing here in the community, you know, what, whatever, obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about collaboration today and uh, you and I have talked about uh, this offline, but uh, you know, whatever we can do to assist and, and kind of solve some of these problems that uh, our businesses are facing and the challenges, I, we'll call them challenges because they're not really problems. I mean, it's a good problem to, to be needing to find workers. Uh, you know, there are other places that uh, haven't necessarily fared as well out of the pandemic and they're having the reverse problem. So uh, I think we're in a we're in a pretty safe place where we are. So thank you for your time. And uh, we look forward to further conversations down the line, I'm sure. Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Reagan. Thank you, Russell. It's been a pleasure and look forward to the next conversation. Sounds good. You know, Reagan, after talking to Robbie, there's a lot to be excited about here in Columbia County. You know, but we have some work to do on this workforce issue. You know, this chamber will certainly be engaged in these conversations and hopefully start working towards a solution sooner rather than later. You're absolutely right, Russ. This problem isn't going to solve itself. This needs to be a collaborative effort because it's not just Columbia County that is struggling with this issue. You know, it's true, Reagan. There's a lot of work to be done. and. This is probably a topic we'll be discussing in future episodes as well. But, you know, for now, you know, thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe through any of the normal podcast apps, or you can find us through the Columbia County Chambers Facebook page. And one last shout out to our sponsor, Premier Networks. Visit them at AugustaITGuys.com. Again, that's AugustaITGuys.com. See you all next time.